0: Thanks for joining. Before we get started, please make sure that you have subscribed. Make sure you're leaving those five star ratings. Helps us out with the algorithms as we uh, continue to produce stuff for you to listen to, watch on YouTube, and read on the Substack. We're going to talk today a little about something that sometimes gets discussed, sometimes doesn't get discussed. And when it does get discussed, it doesn't seem to look at the overall impact that it might have on our overall health, our overall fitness, and the ability to reach the goals that we might set for ourselves based off of the ideals that we want to somehow lose weight based off of our New Year's resolutions. And so we're gonna take a look today and discuss a little bit about cheats and cheat meals and cheat days, and whether or not those cheat meals, cheat days, are going to have an adverse effect on our ability to reach our goals. We're now six weeks into our New Year's resolutions. We're six weeks into our exercise and diet programs meant to help us lose weight, help us get fitter, help us to somehow change our ability to perform the way in which we are performing through the last year, to become healthier, to make a change for our betterment. And because we're six weeks in, we're starting to realize that stuff is not happening as quickly as we hoped. We need something to encourage us to continue going on, And so we decide to take a day off. We decide to do a cheat, that being a cheat day or a cheat meal. And we get a little self-conscious about the fact that we did a cheat. And because we get a little self-conscious about doing a cheat, we start to feel bad about the cheat. And so this is where we start to look at, is that cheat a reinforcer for us to continue what we're doing because it gives us some sort of reward for all of the hard work that we've done? Or is this cheat going to somehow put us back at square one in our desire to reach our goals? And so let's discuss the idea of cheats, cheat meals, cheat days, and how we can incorporate them without causing adverse effects. And so let's talk about that. Warning. The following presentation contains information that might contradict what you have previously heard or believed to be true about how the human body works and contains material that is not suitable for closed-minded individuals. Enjoy. So before we get started into the heart of the discussion here, a couple of uh, uh, points. Uh, We have uh, discussed this previously in looking at the fact that one meal during the holidays is not going to ruin your diet. And this is a continuation of the explanations put forth in the Substack: Cheat meals and cheat days. A problem or a necessary reward? And this is where we have to look at cheats based off of what are they psychologically doing for us. There is some discussion within the literature about cheat days and its impact on eating disorders, which we'll get to further through this discussion. And there is some discussion about uh, cheat days and the ability to hormonally regulate uh, feeding and eating behaviors. But what we're really looking at, we're looking at cheat days, is we're looking at a way in which we can offset any of the negative psychological mindset that we might have when we're looking at long-term use, long-term adaptations that are coming from programs that may or may not be developed with the mindset of self-selection versus the mindset of coercion. And so when we're looking at what the cheat meal cheat day is really involving, is it's involving a change in eating behaviors or a change in activity behaviors That are different from what we have been using within the regimented programs, the dogmatic programs that we might be following. There are some dietary programs and some exercise programs that frown upon the utilization of cheats or based off of the physiological responses that we see due to nutritional changes, do not allow for cheats to take place. And so some of the ideas that we're going to present here within the ideas of cheating, cheat days, cheat meals, would not really line up with dietary changes that correlate with an Atkins style diet or a ketogenic diet, because of the metabolic changes that occur in those diets and the restrictiveness that those diets utilize in order to get the metabolic changes that take place. We may, we may also include within these realms of diets that would not allow for cheats or uh, whether it be a cheat meal or a cheat day are things like a uh, vegetarian or a vegan diet. Simply because if I make changes to those dietary uh, programs, it loses the essence of what those dietary programs happen to be and it causes a change metabolically due to a change in nutritional uh, input, nutrient consumption. And because we're changing the nutrient consumptions that are there, we lose the metabolic changes that have taken place from following the diets. And so we have to have that as a caveat when we start looking at cheat days, cheat meals, and its impact on the psychology and physiology that we're attempting to use in our lifestyle intervention programs. Another caveat, which we'll get more detail into as we go through the discussion here, is the fact that if I'm following a self monitored, self selected behavior pattern, I'm not going to see any small modifications of day to day activities as being cheats because I am utilizing a behavior that I would do without needing to be coerced in order to do it. The idea of cheats and cheat days and cheat meals is nothing new. There's a plethora of opinions being voiced on the internet and in our everyday interactions with each other about the necessity to take days off, about the necessity to have a cheat day or cheat meal for sanity purposes, to take a day off from our diet or from our exercise. Yet even with decades of awareness about the issues, we are still inundated with an ever-growing focus of body weight body fatness, and body image based completely on aesthetic purposes that have triggered an explosion in fad dieting and exercise with the expressed intent and purpose of helping you reach a body image goal, where many of these fads have within their regimen an incorporation of cheats, whether that be a cheat meal or a cheat day. So what is a cheat? It's been suggested that the biggest challenge to making and continuing a new pro health habit, whether that be diet, exercise, no longer drinking alcohol, or stopping smoking, is the longing for what you have eliminated from your lifestyle when taking on a new pro health behavior. When it comes to pro health changes related to weight loss or health, that can mean missing out on a specific food a specific food that tends to invoke a feeling of enjoyment, there is a potential for psychological punishment that can drive someone to quit the newer habit and fall back to old behavior patterns. To counter this effect, some in, some individuals commonly suggest that we incorporate cheat meals and cheat days into our plans, whereas the suggestion is, is that if we... Are able to modify for a day or for a meal what we have changed, then we will be able to continue to do the changes that we want to do. A suggestion that is quite popular among fitness enthusiasts, the self declared fitness experts, and athletes that we all follow on social media. A suggestion that has filtered itself into mainstream diet cults and fitness cultures through social media feeds yet the idea of a cheat is not readily defined for everyone and since it's not really defined it leads to confusion and misunderstanding about what it means to use a cheat a confusion that is very important given the fact that most of the focuses of these regimens would be to include behavior modifications that we commonly associate with treatments of addicted behaviors Where we imply that weight loss, weight management through diet and exercise is a lifestyle modification change, very similar to what we would use for for cessation of smoking, for cessation of drinking, for stopping gambling behaviors, and quitting the use of narcotics, where we would swap out one behavior. That we deem to be an anti-health behavior for a behavior that would be a more pro-health behavior. The problem is, is that we tend to typically cajole the addicted behaviors away from the person. When it comes to the idea about weight loss, which is where we deal with these cheat days and cheat meals, is that we are focused almost entirely on body image factors and not necessarily on health aspects within these diet and within these exercise regimens that we are being bombarded with through our social media feeds. And because of that, we tend to get cajoled into doing distinct behaviors that we would not normally do on our own. This cajoling with relationship to an addictive behavior would mean that if we cheat by incorporating an old habit, we can potentially remove the psychological punishments that are being perceived from making the lifestyle modifications that we are being forced, or feel like we are being forced, to do. Because of this, we need to look at what can we use as a definition for cheat. Because if we're looking at this in terms of a cajoling effect, where we are being forced to do behaviors that we would not normally do, the likelihood of us doing the behaviors without being coerced or forced into doing them is very low. And because it's very low, the likelihood of us repeating behaviors after stopping the behaviors simply for a cheat is very low, meaning that a cheat can actually set us back. As such, we need to look at cheats not as an instrument of reward or instrument of punishment, but as what the cheat might do for us psychologically and physiologically, whether that be a cheat meal or a cheat day. If we're using a cheat related to behaviors meant to cause weight loss, and we look at the behaviors in an equitable way, Light to a relapse noted in the other behavior modifications, then we're going to have problems. Because what we're doing is we're setting up a negative reinforcer within the weight loss regimens, a negative reinforcer within the cheat. And because it's a negative reinforcer, we're going to look at it in terms of a punishment, which means that we're going to look at it in terms of a coercive event. If you look at it in terms of a coercive event, that means we are not going to choose to do the behavior that we want to do. When we start looking at cheats in terms of being a relapse, a relapse where we are falling back onto old habits, we are going to be looking at cheats negatively. And because we're looking at cheats negatively, it's going to leave a sentiment of anguish, a sentiment of uh, feeling bad about doing the cheat, which is going to lead to A modification of behaviors coming out of the cheat, which may be adverse to the long term effectiveness of the program that we're trying to implement to make us healthier, to allow us to lose weight. Because of this, I'm going to make a a different suggestion. I'm going to suggest that we discuss cheats as an incorporation of days of laxity in the dogmas and in the tenets of the dietary habits or of the excess regimens that we're following not necessarily as a relapse, even though we might have the impression of relapsing in our behaviors. And so when we start looking at this in terms of a, we're going to be a little bit lax in terms of our dogma, what it does is it reduces the psychological stress the psychological stress of a program that we may not automatically want to choose to follow in a self-monitored, self-selective behavior. And what this does is this gives us a slight bit of reinforcement, a slight bit of psychological appeasement. And that psychological appeasement is going to allow us to make choices that would uh, that would provide for. The self-monitored, self-selected behavior changes that are necessary to have long-term modifications come about from diet and exercise regimen changes as relates to overall health improvements. And that's the second part of what we have to look at in terms of the cheat. And this is where if we look at the cheat based off of that need to psychologically reinforce what I'm doing, what we're Looking at the cheat and we're looking at the program, we're having negative connotations within the behaviors. And this is where the idea is coming into play that we will tend to look at the cheat or at cheating within the regimen in terms of a negative connotation, an association of doing something illicit, taboo, or something that will elicit feelings of guilt, like I previously stated, that might imply a food, a meal, or a non activity day. Will somehow impair our ability to maintain self control necessary for continuing in our behavior modification. An idea that can lead one to conclude if we need to incorporate a cheat into the program, then the program might not be the best to use. What we have to remember is that just by itself, the use of a cheat is not an indication of a poorly developed program because cheats can serve within the program to make the program feel more self selected and less coercive. An idea that if we develop a pattern of behaviors that is meant to be long-term in nature to last weeks, months, years, as opposed to days and weeks, the incorporation of these laxity days where we're able to kind of unwind, to decompress from the stresses that we have within the program itself we're more likely to have that program last for longer periods of time and get the long-term benefits from that program. That means that the idea of using the cheat is to develop a pattern of behaviors that's meant to be followed in the long-term with minimal to no coercion. And that's the key here, minimal to no coercion. And so when we start looking at the cheats and the cheat meals, We cannot look at them as being a relaxation on the coercive event of the behavior pattern that we're trying to follow, but simply as part of the behavior plan that we're trying to follow. And so when we start looking at, is this cheat good or bad? Is this cheat a necessary reward or a problematic event? It's all about how we frame the cheat within the long-term aspects of the overall program that we're trying to follow. And so is needing to cheat a sign of excessive focuses on wrong goals? And then once again, this goes into the poor planning and the poor development of the program. And once again, the necessity of the cheat by itself does not mean the goals are inappropriate or incorrect in their focus. A lot of times we look at weight loss and we look at weight loss programs, whether it be through diet or through exercise, based off of what the scale is telling us how much weight do i actually have as opposed to what are the health benefits that are coming out from me doing these behavior modifications if we focus on the health aspects of the outcomes we're going to minimize the negative reinforcers that can come through the use of weight as a goal combined with looking at time frame for weight loss once again we're 6 weeks or so into our new program based on when we're recording this if we started our New Year's resolution on the first day of the new year. We are now at the point where we should start seeing for everybody a significant amount of weight loss occurring and a significant amount of body compositional changing. But the problem is is that most of the programs that we have been bombarded with have looked at weight and body composition all by itself with the ideals that you can do these body compositional changes, you can do these weight loss changes within a very, very short period of time, which is not what the research says. And this comes into the idea that uh, we have a lot of fad diet and fad exercise programs that, for too many of them, lead us astray with what we actually want in terms of goals. And the goals that come about From these fad diets and from these fad exercise programs is strictly about body weight that leads to poorly developed and inappropriate focuses of the goals that is exacerbated by the reliance of social media on information pertaining to diet and exercise, with the hyper-focus being on the aesthetics of the body image versus the health of the individual. This is where, if we have appropriate goals based off of the health of the individual, utilizing a cheat or utilizing a cheat meal or utilizing a cheat day is not going to have a negative adverse effect. However, if everything is related to the aesthetics of the person and the inappropriate utilization of calories and calorie densities within our foods and calorie expenditure within our exercise regimens, We will start to have negative feelings about taking days off, negative feelings about eating foods that we would not normally eat if we were following the dogmas and the tenets of our diets. However, if we were to appropriately goal set, as suggested by research that I published with a number of co-authors, where the focus is on fitness metrics, as opposed to weight loss, we will be able to utilize cheats and cheat meals without having these negative effects. Yet, we know that we become susceptible to social media influences and the need to have an ideal body image, even if that ideal body image is not a healthy body image. Something that becomes problematic as most of the ideals of body images that we get sent to us. Or that we tend to to view are those of popular athletes and fitness enthusiasts that will focus on what they deem to be ideal for body image that becomes our ideal, even if it instills an unrealistic betrayal of what body image is that can lead to incorporating inappropriate goals that may be harmful, harmful to our psychological set harmful to our physiological functions following the use of a diet and exercise program. As the excessive focus on the superficial aspects of weight loss, such as body image, could enhance feelings of anxiety and encourage disordered eating behaviors around the cheats, meaning that the reliance on a cheat method within the planning program could exacerbate body image and disordered eating tendencies for anyone that struggles with the ability to self-regulate eating habits or is overexposed to inaccurate depictions of body images found throughout our social media feeds. These include behaviors such as exercise bulimia, bulimic eating behaviors, Binge eating behaviors and food avoidance behaviors, even if a biodysmorphic or eating behavior issue is not a diagnosed condition for the person. A point that we have previously discussed as it relates to body image issues, as well as the notion that a single meal can somehow ruin your diet or your long term health plans which takes us back to the big question here. Is a cheat, is the use of a cheat meal or a cheat day a problem or a reward? And like many of life's questions, it, the answer is, it depends. Like I've said, uh, when asked recently about the notion that fast food is essentially harmful nutrition because there are excessively calorie-dense but nutrient-poor foods being consumed, The general premise is faulty. The general premise about fast food is faulty. The general premise about cheat days being intrinsically problematic is faulty. It's a faulty approach that uh, has diets and cheats in diets being grounded in the misapplication of physiology and the notion that somehow there are good foods and somehow there are bad foods Along with the fact that somehow everything we eat is just going to be converted into energy, which is not true. All of those premises are not true. There are not good foods, there are not bad foods. Calories are a unit of energy. And while nutrients may be converted to energy for us to do things that we need in order to survive, there are a lot of other metabolic functions that nutrients are involved with beyond just the energy balance issues. Unfortunately, it's a notion that we are constantly and continuously being exposed to, even if if it's foundationally, unfactually true. Even though it's faulty. Even though it's faulty at its foundation. It's a fundamental flaw that gets exaggerated by the notion that people with weight-related issues somehow lack self-control, or that those that are attempting to lose weight are doing so in an attempt to regain some degree of self-control that was lost when they were overweight. From this perspective, cheats are going to fall along the lines of being problematic, as it becomes assumed that these individuals will not know when or how to stop the cheat due to the lack of self-control that ultimately ruins their ability to reach their goals. On the other hand, there can be an exaggerated response following or stemming from the cheat that will lead to a hyperfocus on self-control leading to body dysmorphic behaviors such as exercise bulimia, food avoidances, bulimic behaviors, that will also ultimately ruin the ability to reach the goals long-term as relates to changes in body weight, overall health, or the subsequent aesthetic body image that many people are attempting to obtain. Something that becomes even more problematic when the central issue in determining our cheats a problem or reward is that we tend to look at both cheat meals and cheat days based on the notion of the good food versus the bad food. And once again, foods are not good or bad. however, choices about foods can be good and can be bad. When we talk about choices rather than foods. We're really talking about we're talking about the amount of a food that's being eaten, the timing of the food being eaten, the composition of the meals, or composition in the foods, or composition in the supplements to the foods that we are eating, that are necessary that are necessary to ensure that we're meeting nutrient requirements for the body each day, or that are based on acceptable and or not acceptable styles of exercise. When we start looking at the idea of cheat days in our exercise regimen. Where once again it's not about having a good exercise or a bad exercise but the choices that are being made within the exercise sessions based on what the goals for the exercise session happens to be along with are we attempting to meet our physiological needs or are we attempting to meet what is socially acceptable for us to use when attempting to cause weight loss stemming from diet and exercise. When we start examining the idea of cheats and cheating in line with that social acceptance, in line with the nutrient demands that the body needs, in line with the psychological appeasement that we need in order to reassure ourselves that we are making the best, the best self-selected, self-monitored choices, then, which remembers that cheats are neither a problem nor a reward. However, if we are looking at it based off of the inappropriate social acceptances for what someone who is attempting to lose weight should do, the social acceptances of the tenets of the diets that we are attempting to follow, or the dogmatic practices within exercise and dietary regimens, then cheats can become problematic, not rewarding. If, however, the cheat is seen as something that is developed and surrounded with a support network within the program that is meant to ensure that the cheat does not become a new pattern of behavior, then it cannot either be a problem or a reward. This is where we need to recall that the reward center for responses to our choices and the impact of the activity that we do in our everyday life related to the activity in the reward center of our, of our brain is going to be the determining factor as to whether the choices in behaviors are going to fall in line with the addictive style behaviors, or they can gonna fall in line with the self-selected, self-monitored, or the coercive behaviors. This is where we have to remember that if the choices surrounding the cheat is to do so not to elicit a reward response, whether that reward response is positive or a negative reward. Then the behavior will not lead to a sense that we need punishment, coming from a negative response, or the sense that there is, or the sense that more is necessary, the positive response following the cheat. In this, lifestyle modification is going to be done under the guise of self-selected, self-monitored behavior. The modifications themselves become the cheat that is necessary for continuing. Yet, if we are doing our behavior modifications under the guise of being coerced, where the central factor of lifestyle modification is coercion into being or into doing something that would not be normally selected, the incorporation of a cheat can have adverse effects, as we have been discussing. These adverse effects can lead to the termination of the programs and lifestyle behavior modifications that we've been attempting to do. Additionally, the infiltration of the false body image in the scientifically unjustified dietary and exercise regimens that are constantly being presented through social media or other publication avenues. The use of the cheat in the diet or the exercise can evoke feelings of loss or dread regarding the goals for body image. A loss or a dread of the goals of body image that can become a self reinforced long term behavior modification, leading to adverse choices. Adverse choices surrounding body dysmorphic behavior issues, such as exercise bulimia and food avoidances. Behaviors that get compounded when we start looking at who is offering cheat options and who is explaining the cheats that, that they're using within their diet and exercise regimens. As we tend to use the self-determined or self-reported experts, the fitness enthusiasts, the professional athletes, or the performers who will advertise what their cheats happen to be, publish what those cheats are without understanding that those who are watching, those who are reading, those who are listening to their ideas about cheats, do not do the same type of behaviors that the self-determined experts the fitness enthusiast, the professional athletes or performers have chosen to do leading up to the moment of the cheat. Choices that directly impact the complex interactions between all of the factors that we've talked about previously within the physiology and psychology of the individual that will impact and determine the overall health, the overall body composition, and our psychological attraction to the choices that are going to directly and indirectly impact our choices that lead to our overall health, our body composition, that we are attempting to alter through the incorporation of diet and exercise. Because of the presentation of an oversimplified and oversimplification of the complexity, we are left to determine that What the person is doing in their life is the same thing that I can be doing in my life without understanding that there is different familial pressures, different social pressures, different environmental pressures, different genetic factors, different hormonal factors, all coming into play that allow for the person I am viewing in my media feed to look the way that they are looking, which means that what they are offering as a cheat might work for them, but would not work for me. Which takes us into another discussion point as it relates to cheat days, cheat meals, within the guise of diet and exercise for body compositional changes and overall health, which is the nature of the foods that we are consuming and how those foods that we are consuming will impact our overall metabolism and how that metabolism is going to be impacted, not just by the foods that we're eating, but by the way in which we're able to exercise and recover from exercise by taking days off utilizing active rest days within the overall exercise regimen following a periodized program. When we start looking at the foods that we're eating. Part of the discussion that comes into play is what types of nutrients are involved with the foods that we're going to be consuming within the cheats, what types of nutrients are going to be in the foods that we eat on a normal regular basis, and the principal fact that the nutrients whether they be macro or micro, are going to be equivalent in the foods that we would normally think of as being cheat foods versus foods that we would normally think of as non-cheat foods. And this goes into the psychological necessity to look at foods not being good foods and bad foods, but the choices being good choices and bad choices. Where The sugars that we might see in fruits are the same as the sugars that we might see in the cookies, the cakes, and the pies that we would normally assign as cheat foods. The difference that we might see in terms of other nutrients between the fruits as relative to the cakes, the cookies, and the pies is going to impact some of the additional nutrient densities that we have within the foods but the micros and the macros are not going to be drastically different. However, there may be some chemicals within the mass processed foods that might impact our metabolism based off of being metabolic disruptors. There are other chemicals that are exposed to fruits and vegetables that can also be seen as metabolic and endocrine disruptors. So we cannot automatically assign foods as being good or bad simply based off of would we consider those foods to be natural foods? We consider those foods to be processed foods. Well, we have to understand that the difference between the natural and the processed foods that we might consume is all about the refinement processing that takes place. Where some people have equated the processing of foods to making the food less nutritious, even if we do fortification processing, even if we have additive supplemental vitamins, additive supplemental minerals, additive supplemental fiber being added back into the foods that we might be consuming. Where some on the social media feeds that we might be exposed to have claimed these fortification processing, these additive processing, somehow reduce the quality of the foods that we're eating or will somehow have adverse effects on our overall metabolism and our overall health, which is once again wholly untrue. The science does not back up those statements. And if we look at the science as it relates to the foods that we're eating, the idea about the process versus the natural foods does not agree with many of the claims being made on the social media feeds, which takes us into the kind of closing arguments here as it relates to cheat days and cheat meals and whether or not we should be utilizing cheat days and cheat meals in the overall scope of the diet and exercise programs. And so the last little bit of advice that I can leave as to whether or not we should be using cheats or should we be not using cheats, is that once again, it depends. It depends upon how we're going about establishing our program. What we need to do is we need to remember is that we want to follow a self-selective behavior. We do not want to utilize coercion in our choices. We want to make sure that we're utilizing a periodization program in training. By utilizing a self-selected behavior pattern, by utilizing periodization in our training, we will tend to eliminate a lot of the yo-yoing behaviors. The yo-yoing behaviors is what leads to the idea that cheats are problematic for individuals. If we're making choices because we are choosing to make them, not because we're being forced to make them, we are less likely to fall for the ploys being sold to us by the media influencing. we're able to generate plans and programs that are not restrictive that are not arduous that are not programs that we would not follow we would make choices for programs that we would want to follow for long periods of time when we talk start talking about this we're talking about we're, we're establishing a pattern of lifestyle that we would want to do versus a pattern of lifestyle that we're being forced to do. This does not mean that cheat days or cheat meals won't find their way into a day or a week at some point in time throughout the year. But what it means is that mentally, we're not going to see the food or the exercise that might be done on these cheat days as items themselves being inherently good or bad, or inherently appropriate or inappropriate. What we're going to look at them is how do they fit into the total amount of choices that I'm selecting to do as it aligns to being a pro-healthy person. The use of the cheat is not an indication of a relapse to an old lifestyle that I don't want to have anymore. It's not an indication of needing to have a break from my lifestyle. The idea of the cheat day or the cheat meal, even though it has become a commonly held belief and practice among the self proclaimed experts, the fitness enthusiasts, the athletes, and the performers that we might follow through our social media feeds as something that is justified, it is not something that is necessary within the long term use of diet and exercise for healthy. The exposure to this idea has Matriculated out of the fitness and body image cults into our everyday life, where cheats are seen as both an inherent problem as well as a necessary reward. What we have to remember is that the misguided notion that people have weight issues due to lack of self control is just that a misguided notion. There are a host of factors that come into play as it relates to weight issues for an individual that do not deal with self-control. Once again, we have a highly complex interaction of a host of factors where psychological following of a lifestyle is just one factor. And given how many of us will approach diet and exercise from a body image concept, and the faulty ideas of having good and bad food, many of us will be more apt to look at cheat meals and cheat days as adverse things, things that we will feel bad about doing following the cheat day or the cheat meal. If, however, we do not look at foods as being good and bad, Activities as being appropriate or inappropriate, we will not have these adverse feelings following a cheat day or cheat meal that might impact our overall ability to reach the goals that we set for ourselves. By following a self-selected and self-monitored lifestyle that is centered on pro-health choices in total. We will no longer see cheat days and cheat meals as being problematic we will not see cheat days and cheat meals as being rewarding. Instead, they simply become part of the entire regimen. Remembering that weight gain is not about loss of self-control, and that body image projections are not the end-all, be-all of health or of social self-worth, even if that is the picture that we are being presented within media feeds. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully, get a little bit out of the points raised in the discussion. If you have questions or comments, please make sure you're dropping those off. I'm more than happy to uh, pick them up with subsequent discussions and subsequent talks. I recommend going back and listening to the previous discussions about whether or not a single meal can ruin the diet, as well as the issues surrounding body image that we have previously looked at and previously discussed. If you happen to have any issues with uh, body image, Please make sure you're reaching out to someone that can help you out. Links are in the notes on this uh, episode. Make sure you're following us on all of the various platforms that we're publishing on here on the podcast, as well as on YouTube, on Substack, as well as the quick little takes that are getting put onto Instagram, as well as onto Threads.